Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This piece of filet mignon. The Rich Eisen Show. Show, 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 show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I've identified these five teams. One of them is Miami. Would Denver do this? Do the Bears go for it? What about the Los Angeles Rams? What about Dallas? You want to get Jonathan Taylor? The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Still to come. Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith. Packers beat writer for The Athletic, Matt Schneidman. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air here on this busy Thursday, two weeks before kickoff of the NFL season. We spent the first hour talking to Tom Pelissero about the 49ers' decision to go with Sam Darnold as their backup over Trey Lance, the third overall selection in the draft just a couple of years ago. Um, We also talked about the Jonathan Taylor latest with him. We also poured one out for Otani's throwing arm um, moving forward. Who knows what's happening there? Jeff Passan of ESPN, kind enough to be a late ad. He's slated to join us in about 20 minutes time for the latest on all of that. Um, Hour number two here, Susie Schuster sitting in for Chris Brockman over there. Um, hello, Suze. Hi there, honey. D- DJ Mikey D is in these nuts. Hello there, honey. How are you? <laughs> Very well. Uh, good. TJ Jefferson, how are you? Good to see you, sir. How are hey, you? I'm happy to be here. Good. Hour number two right here on the Roku channel, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We'll have time to take your phone calls later on. He is the reigning Pac-12 Coach of the Year in 2022. Oregon State football quarterback from back in the day. Pride of Corvallis, then as he is right now, the head coach of the football program there, Jonathan Smith. Kind enough to call in the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Coach? Yeah, I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having us. You bet. I just definitely wanted to uh, kick the tires on what's going on there right now, what's going through your mind and the program. But first, I, I do want to hit the, the Wayback Machine a little bit uh, with you. And, um, you know, how did a kid from Pasadena wind up in Corvallis back yeah. in the day for you? Yeah, uh, that is quite a while ago. Um but it's a little bit. I was down there. I had a high school teammate getting recruited by Oregon State, and uh, through that evaluation, they kind of put eyes on me, invited me to to walk on at the time. And I knew I wanted to get into coaching, and I felt like that was the highest level I could get to to really learn about it. And so, got up here with a guy named Mike Riley, who was the head coach. At I've the time. heard of him. I've heard yeah. of him. And he, uh, yeah, promised that I get opportunity to compete, and a couple years later, ended up playing and. And having a great time. Now, no question about it. Did you? What, what did you glean from uh, Coach Riley and Erickson? Uh, you want to yeah. talk about guys that you, who you could learn stuff from? You certainly did that. Yeah, I did a ton. I mean, both of them definitely 
personalities are different, uh, ways of doing things are different, but schematically, offense, uh, both of them really, really sharp, learned a, learned a ton, and they had some really good coaches around them. My first quarterback coach was Paul Christ, who had a wow. nice run there at Wisconsin and learned a ton from him, and, and that was really what I was looking for. Um, so those, all, all of those guys impacted my coaching career a ton. I'm sure. Um, and so uh, when when it's all said and done, do you sometimes catch yourself and it's like, oh, gosh, I sound like, uh, you know, Coach Riley. I sound, oh, gosh, I sound like Coach Erickson. Anything like that? <laughs> you catch yourself? Yeah, on, on occasion. Yeah, I, on occasion, those guys. I worked with Chris Peterson for a long time. He That's had a right. huge influence. And so I, I sound like him. It, oh, you're always trying to own your own voice. But those guys, again, impacted and I learned a ton, so when I sound like him, I, I take it with pride. And I, I, I understand as well that, you know, the the coaching mantra that you can only control what you can control, control the controllables, however you want to say it, is, is definitely a default position. But uh, I am wondering how the latest news to come out of the Pac-12 has hit you and your football program. Coach. Yeah, there's no question that mantra controlling what we can control. Uh, it's not easy to do, but ultimately it is our only option right now. Um, and that's what actually it's been. It's been nice the last three weeks going through training camp, preparing for a season day to day with our players focused on the task at hand. Um, that's been a almost an escape from all of this. And it is is ultimately out of our control. We feel good about this team, the roster we have, and the season that's certain in front of us. Um, and then through this uncertainty, you know, once it finally plays itself out and there's some certainty of what it looks like for Oregon State moving forward, then we can, you know, process that and make a plan moving forward. Well, have you addressed this? Did you call the team together en masse? What have you done with the team on this subject matter? Well, we we addressed it early on in camp, and mm-hmm. the same thing, controlling what we can control, what we feel really good about you know this current roster, this staff, the chance we have this season, and that's our complete focus. Um, so we, you know we set the stage early in camp. I think we addressed it one other time about a week ago, and now you know potentially breaking news today. Just we anticipated news going to break, but again it goes back to this mantra of controlling what we can and focused on the task at hand. And um, so, how do you think the kids have handled it? I think they've been, it's felt great in regards to the practices are normal, focus, meetings, work ethic. Um, and I, I kind of say it this way, in this day and age of college football with the transfer portal, I think everyone's reevaluating come December, January, their, you know, their situation, each individual player, crap, I mean, coaches are doing it, and now schools are doing it. Uh, and so I don't see it that different to come December. You know, everyone's going to reevaluate and, and sort it all out. We just want to stay focused on these next four months and so you know um does it piss you off i'll just come out and ask you point blank oh there's moments there's no question i get some business you mentioned it i grew up in pasadena i grew up going to to the rose bowl and pac 12 versus big 10 games uh this will be my 17th season in the pac 12 as a player or, or a coach yeah i got some deep roots here and, and really pride of West Coast football and knowing all the schools and, and all that. So, yeah, I got some bitterness the way this is all played out. Um, ultimately, I, I see it the, it's a business side, and currently we're uh, you know playing musical chairs and we don't got a chair to sit on. Well, I'm just wondering as well, do you use this as a rallying cry for the season? You know, I don't, I don't know if I get hammered a ton with our guys. These guys are motivated. Uh, they want to they win. They want to play well. 
and just because it, we're, it's out of our control how this is playing out. Well, the players we're playing against, it's out of their control too. It's not like they made these calls or something. Um, so I don't, I don't use it a ton on the motivation side. I think there's, there'll be guys in our, in our locker room that, yeah, it might be a huge motivation for them. But as a program, we've built this thing to where uh, we got a chance to compete at a really high level. Uh, and we're focused on doing that. Yeah, you do, Jonathan Smith. There's no question that you do. And uh, the reason why I'm not I'm not saying like, hey, let's do this, you know, for the Pac-12. I'm saying, you know, hey, um, heart of hearts, where's Oregon State going to wind up? And, you know, you're hearing about Stanford and Cal maybe winding somewhere uh, on the, with the ACC or maybe the Big Ten goes and gets them. And you... And Washington State might be left without a chair. And if you go and kick ass in the Pac-12 season, the final one, then maybe you can open some eyes and get get a home that you might not otherwise have. Coach, is that a fair assessment? I mean, you'd like to think if we can play really well, and that's back to what you can control. Um, and so that's what we're focused on. We're preparing. we got a non-conference schedule first, and we're, we're locked in on that. Um, and then again, we'll, it's out of our control how this thing plays out. Um, but we're playing this season for this current 23, you know, Beaver locker room and, and coaching staff. And then we'll let the dust settle after that. I've got Jonathan Smith, Oregon State head football coach here on the Rich Eisen Show. Speaking of uh, transfer portal, you've named a new starting quarterback, have you not, Coach? Yeah, yep, DJ, DJU. As he goes around a lot of uh, did a great job. Uh, Come on now, you know. hold on a second, hold on a second. You once threw to T.J. Hushmanzada, which is <laughs> definitely not a, a, a monosyllabic name. You, yeah, yeah. Come on now, come on yeah. now, right? So, yeah. what do you got, D.J. You right? D.J. Ungulaleli. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. It ain't easy, man. It ain't easy, but I'm sorry. Not... He's an incredibly talented kid that you have got, there. Got here in January, uh, dove into just being a part of the locker room, not trying to be the face of the program right away. I think he's gained a ton of respect from the players on the team. He worked really hard. This, this offensive system is quite a bit different than what he'd been uh, doing before and so uh, there was a learning curve all the way through spring ball and then got into fall camp and you can see his comfort level getting uh, better and better and he and he played well we had multiple a couple of scrimmages that he played at a high level i think he's won over this team that way i do think this was pretty competitive we got a, a quarterback room with some talent ben goldbrinson who he who beat out mm-hmm. last year went seven and one as a starter last year for us and pushed dj in a big way and we got a freshman aiden giles that has a lot of talent, and he's played well. And so we've got some options in the room, but DJ's going to go out there first. So what what has the university told you, Coach, about what's being talked about, the future of the program, and what, where what conference you might wind up in? What are you yeah, What I, are you hearing? I, I, yeah, I, our athletic director Scott Barnes. I think he's done a great job communicating when there's information. Uh, at the same time, when there's uncertainty, he's not taking me in deep into the weeds, so I can focus on the task at hand. Um, obviously exploring different options and what options those are. Um, and so th- that I just leave it in, in their hands on, on, on Peyton's future. Uh, and I appreciate the communication, but until we have some definite clarity, once we have clarity, I'll, I'll be feel good about making a plan moving forward. Okay. Do you, at any point in time, um, when you have a moment alone, maybe driving to work or something, Think about how wild it is that you are in a position where you are, and obviously you, you've been the coach there a while, but at this juncture, to be in this position 
for such a crucial season for your school after what you did for this school. Is there any sense of of significance that you have entering this season that stands out to you? Well, I, it, it's significant, yes, with uh, with all the all the movement going on, but it's significant. We're opening up a brand new stadium that we just finished, over a hundred and seventy million dollar expansion. Mm-hmm. And the thing is beautiful. The, it's going to be rocking. We got an awesome home schedule with the, you know a lot of you know, perennials coming in here: Utah, UCLA, UW. Um, and so that's significant that way. We don't I, again. I don't want our players feeling like this thing is bigger than what it is. We're mm-hmm. going to line up and play each week and, and go, but we're definitely excited about the, the opportunity that this you know historical season, if it is the last season of the Pac-12 conference, makes me want to puke to even say that, but if it is, we want to play our best and enjoy it. Then point out to everybody you took the wrong school, right? Every, yeah. every week you go out there, you could do that with your play, right? We've got an opportunity to, yeah. To okay. play into that narrative, but I'll just say it again: it's, it's just about us and and what we're going to do. And uh, there's a lot of people that I think want us to do well, and hopefully we turn into a great a national story. But I don't want to add any pressure to this locker room mm-hmm. in regards to living up to different anti- uh, expectations. We got our own expectations, and we're locked in on those. All right. Before I let you go, um, and I appreciate the time, please provide me with your favorite Chad Johnson story. <laughs> please give me. Your yeah. favorite one that, favorite. You, that you can Well, I'll just tell. tell you the first time I met him. He came from Santa Monica Junior College. He had mm-hmm. a class or two, so he arrives like a day or two before we start practicing in August. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to me and, um, you know, I think whatever. Someone introduced me because I was the quarterback. And he, uh, he introduces himself and he tells me he's going to buy me a Lexus. And I kind of think, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy you a Lexus because you're going to get me to the National Football League. And I'm still waiting on that Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> he told me he was giving me Debo shoes at 15 Pro Bowls ago, and I'm still waiting on them. Yep, so yep. he's on brand. So he, that's what he told you for the fir- that when he first met you? Oh, uh, yeah. He's a beautiful man. He uh, great personality, and obviously he was a really good player, had an awesome NFL career, and did a ton for the one season here. But that's the first time I met him. What did he tell you in a huddle? Uh, I mean, TJ's probably in your ear, too, right? TJ I mean, was huge for him. TJ, because TJ really would have been there a year longer. Chad was still learning the formations mm-hmm. and the plays and all that. So TJ was his right-hand man, helping him get lined up. Did Carson Palmer ever call you up and say, how do I deal with these guys? Did that ever happen? <laughs> did that ever happen? He didn't, man. He, he probably functioned with them fine and, and all that. He did not call me for any advice. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that had happened. And do you refer to him as Ocho or no? He's always Chad Johnson. No, too. he's Chad. He's Chad to me. Okay. So. <laughs> coach, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Best of luck. Guys. You bet. That's Jonathan Smith, head coach of the Oregon State Beavers, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I mean, they got a new stadium there. So you did or did not go to Corvallis back in the day? You did. I did. I was just thinking, if you knew Ron Artest before, you wouldn't call him Meta. Like, I don't think you would ever call Chad Johnson Ocho, because you can't take that seriously. First of all, you can't take Ocho seriously regardless, because you can't call somebody Ocho. Well, certainly if he's going to say, I'm going to buy you a Lexus, because you're going to get me to the NFL, he did, and there's no Lexus. Chad said a lot of things. Chad said, told me he was going to get me Debo's. The Seuss. Yeah. Well, Shaq yeah. also told you that he was going to wear chaps on your show. That's so true. That and a too. Dallas Cowboys shirt. Dallas shirt. Coming in the heat of the moment. I know. Ernie Johnson once told me that's apparently a stock line for him. 
that he's going to show up as a cheerleader as a, a paying off a bet that he has no intention of ever doing. That's crap. You should call him out on it. I did. Look, Shaq buys strangers' cars and laptops. Oh, I think we could he's let a generous him slide man. by on that. Yeah, but there's a difference between basically buying a stranger a car and showing up in chaps. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot easier for Shaq see, to Susie, buy somebody a car. is that what you want to see, Shaq and chaps? Definitely so, don't. No, I don't. No, 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 no. certainly not do not. No, 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 no. Just real quick here. The let's diesel, just linger on this for a second. So you're Oregon State, and you're hearing everybody's gone. And you were looking around going, well, what happened to this conference? And you're hearing, because we were, I mean, I have referred to it as the Pac-4 all the time. Because it's Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal. That's left. That's it. And you're hearing Big Ten might take Stanford and Cal. ACC wants Stanford and Cal. You're not hearing who's going to take Oregon State or Washington State. You're not hearing that right now. And so if you're Oregon State and Jonathan Smith and Utah strolls into your stadium on a Friday night on FS1, Mike, you're going to do that game? Is that on your list? Mm, no, because it's FS1. You don't bother with them. That's right. <laughs> Stop. And then you got UCLA coming to your house on October 14th. You're visiting Prime Oof. on November 4th. You're visiting Arizona on the 26th. You've got Stanford right there coming. But you've got Washington coming to your house, and then you're going to Oregon. You don't think it's just like, let's show them they took the wrong damn team. Yeah. Every time. Yes. And that's going to be the conversation, by the way, prior to the Saturday, September 23rd visit to Washington State, the two teams that might be left without chairs. I mean, that's going to be a conversation all year long. And they t- they got this kid from Clemson, Ungalale. <laughs> DJ. DJ Ungalalele, I believe is, that, is how you pronounce You know what's funny, name. Rich? I put a note in I my think. notes in my phone three years ago after a Clemson game on how to pronounce what his name. What do you name. got? So I still have it from 2020. DJ Uwe Ungalale. Okay. That is a seriously impressive pull there. He is that way was really more deep. professional <laughs> than Brockman. We all know that. <laughs> well, it just because I, I didn't notice he transferred until like two weeks ago. I was like, oh, he's with yeah, Oregon State. Oregon State. Then when you brought it up, I was like, wait a minute, I know I have it. So yeah, I had it in my phone one day because I was like, one day I'm going to need to know how to say this and guy's again, name. I'm sure he doesn't want the season to be about that. And as he said, doesn't want any more added pressure. <laughs> but UCLA's coming in. It's just like, okay, enjoy the enjoy the Big Ten, which they will. <laughs> um, St- Washington. Oh, okay. You're the ones who are just leaving us. Yeah, you want to stick Oregon. it to them. They finish up with Washington and Oregon, the two teams that just left for the Big Ten that puts them in the most tenuous position possible moving forward. Looking into, and they went 10-3 and three last year. What if they – man, I'm rooting for them. Looking into the crystal ball that we do have, it isn't at your desk, but we do have it. It's do you have any there. predictions about those two teams? Just Which ones? Top, the, Oregon or, State and Washington State? Zero idea. Might. No idea. No idea. But they got to find a home. You don't think they stay independent? Independent. It's yeah, that's, insane. That's only, that's only Notre Dame Nuh-uh. that can do that, right? This whole conversation is insane. What they have done to college football is insane. Period. It's professional. It's ridiculous. It's pro football. Yeah. And we get a playoff. That's all that matters. Yeah, you hear that? I that's the it. fan right there. We got a playoff. Got a playoff. And and soon you're going to end up having, what, 80 teams 
Uh, March Madness is 68 now, 68, right? 68, yeah. But then why didn't they do this in an organized fashion? And just oh, at one please. fell swoop. It's college just, athletics. Because this is, but this is You spend enough time in it. Yeah, I know. I get it. But, I mean, this just this is just going to spend the next five years disintegrating college football. The NIL came into being July 1st, 2021. And we were on the air. We were talking about it. Like, what's the, what's the future going to be? And everyone's just like, I don't know. To this day, still, no mass plan to deal with it. We'll take a break. Jeff Passon's going to join us. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Uh, we're late for him, but it's okay. It's a couple more minutes of sleep for him. He stayed up all night writing about Otani for ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I don't know if they still have a shot to make the playoffs or not. Do they? Do they still have a shot? Well, yeah. I mean, all they have to do is just try and win one of the next two without Tony. And and then he comes back. And no one's running away with this league. No one's running away with this division right now. All right. You know what? I guarantee we'll win one of the next two without Tony. Okay. And I'm guaranteeing we'll make the playoffs. Okay. I will write that. Write that down right now. Shaquille O'Neal. If we don't make the playoffs, I'll come, I'll come with a Dallas Cowgirl on your show with some pom-poms for 10 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I will come. I will walk out for 10 seconds. Let everybody take pictures, make fun. Then I got to leave. 10 seconds. That's all you get. <laughs> not 11 seconds, not 12. You get 10 seconds. Okay. Right up on the skirt. This is amazing. Pom-pom and a blonde ponytail wig. If so, that's if again the Dallas Cowboys they don't make the playoffs at all in this right. season. Okay. Now what are you gonna do if they make the playoffs? Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. So the, uh, but I, I, I same bet same. But bet. I think they're making the playoffs. Right, I do. Uh, I'll, I'll do it with you, Shaq. 
How about that? Deal. How are you, Shaq? First of all, it's not my fault. You need to blame it on the Dallas uh, shops. I've been, I've, I've been downtown Dallas looking for some big booty cheerleader shorts. They don't have any. So but yes, I'm a man of my word. And yes, I will come there one day when you least expect it. Ooh. And fulfill my bet. Well, but the thing is, I I have to do it with you, Shaq. So I, I do need probably a little bit of a heads up. You know. No, but you know what? I don't want you to do it with me because you know what? You waited long enough. Okay. You know, you're at the point to where you don't think I'm gonna believe it. So just to prove it to you, I want you to be front and center. Okay. And I'm gonna give you 12 seconds. <laughs> this is the best possible scenario, Shaq. Is you, you've extended it two seconds yeah. and absolved me from having to do it. Uh, look, exactly. I just want you to sit there and watch. Ah, yes. All of Shaq's appearances throughout this show and our YouTube page right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our radio network, The Rich Eisen Show desk I'm sitting at is furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Kind enough to call in uh, sleep deprived because he is a lead pipe wielding professional who makes sure he's on top of a major story like Shohei Otani blowing out his pitching shoulder uh, elbow. He is none other than Jeff Passan from the Worldwide Leader in Sports back here on the program. How are you, Jeff? I'm well, Rich. How are you? I'm doing. <laughs> are you caffeinated? Are you highly caffeinated right now? No, no, I'm not caffeinated. What I'm doing is what I like to refer to as overcompensation. <laughs> when I don't sleep, I try and come in at the beginning like super energized yes. just to like set a tone so that when I inevitably fade later in the conversation, you don't judge me too harshly for it. (laughs) I appreciate the roadmap. Thank you. You're a good man. That's a great roadmap, Jeff. Um, Let's just jump right into it then while you have your energy. I'm gutted. What the hell, man? We can't have nice things. Huh? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, mean, elbows really suck. Like, that's (laughs) sort of the moral of the story here. I, you know... I spent four plus years of my life writing a book about them. And I just saw like sadness after sadness after sadness. And it scares me now because my child, you know, is 15 years old and throws hard. And I'm worried that I'm going to be like the moron father who wrote the book on something and still couldn't keep his kid from, uh, uh, you know, suffering that injury. And, uh, there, there's just a there's a very harsh reality, Rich, when it comes to baseball players, and it's this: uh, the harder you throw, the likelier you are to get hurt. And uh, the way that baseball players are taught these days is that velocity matters, and they're taught that velocity matters because, guess what? It does. The harder you throw, the more effective you are. That's just what the numbers tell us. They do not lie about that. And while we can all sit here and romanticize Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin and, you know, the elite nibblers of any particular era, uh, they're not the norm. And they certainly, I don't think, would play as well in this velocity-rich environment these days that exists. Maybe Maddox just because... He could move the ball, but Glavin, I, I don't think, would be quite the same. And it's the reason that you've seen the average fastball velocity jump up above 94 miles an hour. It's, I mean, it's a staggering number 
considering where we were a quarter century ago, that, you know, we've gone from a good fastball, like a very good fastball being 94, 95, to that just being like the barrier of entry for any pitcher now. And Shohei Otani is six foot four, 230 pounds, with the ability to generate force the way he does, uh, throws the ball about as hard as anyone. And the vagaries of that body part or body joint and its associated ligaments just shows that Otani is human now that it's this yeah. it's twice now. Um, so what what uh, can you tell us about what the Angels did learn and the immediate aftermath moving forward? I don't know the details of that yet. Um, so there's there's going to be some um, uh, I'm not even going to call it speculation, but I will say this. I think if it were a small tear or a partial tear that could have been done through rehabilitation, that Perry Manassi and the general manager probably would not have come out and said as clearly and concisely as he did that there's a tear at the UCL. Generally speaking, that when when a general manager comes out and is that clear with the injury and isn't talking about forearm tightness or talking about the flexor mass or, uh, you know, talking about any of those things in, in very specific language like that, that means Tommy John surgery is probably coming. Mm. Now, I hope, I hope I'm wrong about this, but let's remember the last time Otani had it. Um, I don't know if you recall this, but during the winter meetings, like right around when he signed, um, I, I got tipped off that, his elbow was not clean and I wrote something about it and the angels came out and said, yeah, he's fine. And then six months later it blew out finally. Um, so he tried at that point to use platelet rich plasma, which is a biologic that you can inject into the elbow in hopes that, uh, this, you know, these healing cells are going to essentially repair a small tear, but when it's a full thickness tear or when it's close to a full thickness tear, there's nothing you can do except go into the elbow and, uh, you know, tie off a, a new ligament there and hope this one keeps better than the last one did. Jeff Passan from ESPN and the author of The Arm, Inside the Billion Dollar Mystery of the Most Valuable Commodity in Sports, um, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, you can hit with this? You can? Yeah. You know, when you are, Otani's perfect to hit with this because he's a throw right, bat left. And so um, the the right arm for a left-handed hitter, uh, it tends to use more of the lateral side than the medial side. And the medial side is where the ulnar collateral ligament is. So uh, even when you're coming back, you can hit. Now, I don't want to be too presumptive here saying that Otani post-surgery, if in fact that is the route this thing goes, is going to keep hitting because I just don't know what he and his new team and or the Angels are going to be comfortable with, right? Like, it's it's one thing to hit the first time you're coming back, but when when you have a second reconstruction of the ulnar collateral ligament, uh, the return time takes longer. Um, the rehabilitation takes longer. Everything about it uh, is is 
problematic and troublesome and uh you know there there are opportunities for things to go really awry so i don't know for certain if otani is going to keep hitting throughout it maybe he takes a, a little more time or gets through the pitching rehab process uh more than he did the first time because the first time he was you know had the surgery in november was back hitting in may so and we saw that exact same. Or I think he had a surgery in October and was uh, was back in May. The the November to May timetable was Bryce Harper this year. So it's it's clear I think that Otani will not lose a whole lot of time batting. But this is also, uh, I mean, as is everything with him, this is something we're dealing with for the first time. And so it'll be really interesting to see what the medical professional's perspective is on this. Jeff Passan of ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show. I know it's too soon, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How does this impact his free agency, do you think? What's going to happen here? Um, I think <laughs> I think I'm in the minority here. Um, I think I'm in the minority, and I don't think it's going to impact it a whole lot. Now, I understand that Look, he was on track to get 600, 650, hmm. 700 million. I still think he's going to get 500. So you think 500 because that would mean he's going to be paid as both hitter and pitcher? No, not necessarily. I mean, I think, you know, we can, we can look at this in a number of different ways. Ken Rosenthal, I thought, in the column he wrote brought up a really good point that Juan Soto is just a hitter and he turned down $440 million. Now, granted that was for a longer period of time uh, and he was younger but that was still $440 million that was on the table. Um, Aaron Judge who was older um, and uh, you know who also like doesn't pitch, got $360 million from the Yankees this offseason season. Um, Shohei Otani is the biggest star in baseball. It's not even close. Like, if you want to take the star power of practically everybody else, it is not as luminescent as Otani by himself. So I think the the ability to market him and to supercharge the valuation of your franchise just by having him around is, I you know, I'm, I'm no expert, but I, I would put – you know, a pretty hefty price tag on that. And then, Rich, let's just say hypothetically that Otani comes back as a start. Great. Huge value there. Let's say he comes back as a reliever. Are you telling me that for a 10-year contract, 10-year deal, you're not going to give him 50, 100 to be a closer when Edwin Diaz is getting 100 to be a closer for five years? I, I just, you know, when you have all these teams that are going to be fighting for him and all these other factors there, I really do think that it's going to make its way back to 500. Closer, huh? I mean, you're talking about, again, you, you wrote the book on the elbow, so uh, it would just be, he'd be handled in a, in a way, or just you figure it's less stress than starting, right? I mean... Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. And I, I am not going to sit here and suggest that Shohei Otani should be a closer, because only he knows what his body is capable of. 
But I think if I'm a team looking at, okay, what do I do here? How do we keep this guy whose bat warrants us signing him until he's 40 years old? How do we keep the value there with him? I don't think relief pitching is out of the question at all, especially for a guy who's now potentially going to have had two Tommy Johns. What a bummer, man. I wanted him to hit free agency coming off of a Cy Young and an MVP, or at least close to a Cy Young. He's definitely MVP. Yeah, you I know, was gonna say, he's still probably going to win MVP. Right. So <laughs> no, I, I, there's no question. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, who? Well, that's for another day. Who, who would be even in the running? But for me, you know, free agency hits. We're gonna. He, he's gonna have to have the surgery, right? Then somebody's gonna have to sit there and get all the medical reports and sit him down and ask him, what does he want? Obviously, his agent is going to basically say he wants to do both because you're going to want the most money when you're hitting free agency. And then we'll have to find out who's got the stomach for it. I guess the only comparison is Kevin Durant hit free agency with a blown out Achilles. But that's not that's not like, yeah, I mean, you know, the Nets gave him one hundred ninety four million bucks for that. But Achilles is not, um, you know, pitching elbow. Where I don't know, dude. Achilles for an explosive athlete kind of is like pitching elbow. Okay, so I, I, mean, I guess I, I, mean, I guess you could go I, to the Yankees and Red Sox and say Durant, you know, got his money. We should get ours. I, I, that's what I'm saying. And I, and I know this is very soon, but this is the conversation that's going to happen, and it's going oh, to take is, over this everything. Is this is the conversation that's happening in front offices right now. Part right. of me wonders if there are going to be teams that get involved in the Otani sweepstakes that wouldn't have before this because they feel like they're going to be able to, to potentially get a good deal. Um, you know, sometimes agents start off with lower price points because they want to create bidding wars, and that once you bid for the first time, you feel so invested in it that maybe you go beyond what you would have otherwise. I just think there's a confluence of things uh, that, look, yes, Otani is going to lose money compared to where he was going to be before the injury. But I still think he's going to end up with the biggest contract a baseball player's ever got. Oh, sure. And It'll be generationally brilliant. And so I guess, you know, to, to wrap this up, Jeff Passan of ESPN here on the Rich Eisen Show is now we're here in the guessing game of what's Otani thinking. Before it was, does he want big market, small market? You know, what type of market does he want? Now, you know, he knows what it takes to come back from Tommy John surgery, which, again, yeah. we're all assuming he's going to have. It, it, do you think, like, if we can get in his brain right now, would he want to pitch again, right? Uh, where, I mean, is he going to be so competitive, like, I'm going to show you? I'm just wondering if he'd be like, you know what? Um, I'm such an incredible hitter. I can make an incredible amount of money and play for a much longer time if I just do one thing. And that was always the conversation when he first started, is that enjoy it while you're seeing it, folks, because it's not going to last a whole long time. Um, I'm wondering how this might affect things for him moving forward on this front. I just look at it this way. Shohei Otani could have quit pitching or hitting and focused on one of them a long, long time ago. Um, His identity is as a two-way player. That, That is who he is. That is who he wants to be. That was the imperative thing for him coming over, finding an organization that was not going to prioritize one or the other and was 
not going to push him in that sort of direction. So in order to give that up, I, I don't see that happening unless his arm is telling him you can't do this anymore. And, uh, you know, one thing you got to know about Shohei Otani is he doesn't take very kindly to people telling him what he can and cannot do. <laughs> and that includes the baseball gods, I'd imagine, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's a, I think that's a very fair point. Um, you know, he, he goes so all out in his training that part of me and, uh, you know, far be it from me to, to criticize someone who can actually pull this off. But, uh, it reminds me in a lot of ways actually of, Bryce Harper in his mid twenties when he kept getting hurt because he was playing recklessly. And I think Shohei Otani, as he approaches 30 years old, if he wants to play both ways is going to have to have that recognition that the body is changing. And this is a body that has, you know, has taken him to amazing heights, but also at inopportune times has turned on him because uh, he was simply asking too much of it. And if that means training a little bit differently, um, I think that that's going to be something that this potential surgery will teach him and that he is an extremely learned, interested, intelligent person. Um, and the only thing that's going to stop him from coming back is uh, the, the instincts that he has that tell him he, you know, he has to do everything at the peak at all times. When, as old men like us, Mister Eisen, learn, <laughs> uh, sometimes a little bit slower is a little bit better because you don't wind up sitting in bed that night popping at them. You know what? I appreciate you uh, including yourself in that, even though I know I'm much older than you. Well, um, I'm the one with the broken back. I know. Right you feeling all right? So Are you good? Sucker among us. You good? You good? You're right. You're feeling all right? Best you can? Yeah, doing, doing okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. like, like, I mean, I mean we're, we're not talking about a finely tuned athlete here to begin with. So the baseline's a little different. I got, I got one last one for you, and I apologize if I'm putting you in a position by asking it this way, but you, 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 you can handle all sorts of figurative curveballs. Uh, and you'd also know the answer to this question. Does Hal Steinbrenner have a pulse? Does he have a pulse? Does it exist? <laughs> Is he breathing? Yes. Is he alive? Yes. In, 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 no. In, okay. in fact, I in fact I think I think Hal Steinbrenner's pulse is healthy compared to his father's. This. Which... Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I don't know where you know the Yankees need a seance is what I tweeted out the other day. And also when I saw a report that Hal had a a, a discussion with his general manager and manager about the, what's happening. They 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 talked about it. And I'm like, George said you're fired, and Hal's like, you're, we're mired. That's what he's saying. So that's what yeah, I'm wondering. I, what's going on I, there? I, what do we have? What's, uh, why do we romanticize George Steinbrenner oh. being like uh, – I, I mean, I understand <laughs> George brutal. Steinbrenner won championships. That's why we romanticize it. Yes. But, but George Steinbrenner would be – like the king of the toxic workplace yes. environment, yes. lawsuit from people who are working. That if you drop George Steinbrenner in 2023, yes. he would be gone within two weeks. <laughs>
I know we romanticize, but but he was he 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 wouldn't countenance this in a way that it appears his son does. I you know what I I I got accused. I went on with our, our buddy Michael K a couple days ago, and I yes, got sir. accused of of like being a shill for for the Yankees. I, I'm just trying to like be as pragmatic as possible in my assessment here. The Yankees, like over the last five years, have won like 103, 102, 92, and 99 games. Um, I understand they're having a bad year this year, and I understand it's going in the wrong direction. Uh, but to suggest that the Yankees haven't been effective, uh, I, I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. And yes, we are up against uh, a phone call from Bristol here. So, all right, Mr. Eisen, take care, I hope Jeff. I you <laughs> You'd be well, and I'll talk to you later. Take care, bud. You'd be well. That's Jeff passing everybody. You just got big league there. No, I didn't. It's that's that's the people who's. I mean, it's, it's, no. You know, he also said he's got to take a breather and then get the energy back up. Yeah, he's the best. Right. I love There's Jeff. Jeff's there. the best. So Jeff's the best. He's a good interview. I have. Oh, to he's say. great. He just I just he's, love the way he talks and the way he. But he knows his stuff. He's funny and he's and interesting. He'll call us from anywhere. He's Even an ice machine. He's so, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was at the All Star game in Seattle. Yeah, he was, he was, right? I don't, do we have that Hoskins? Is that somewhere deep in the recesses Next back there? Do you get the impression he thinks that he's going to get surgery repaired, some PRP, and then be out there throwing and hitting? I mean, I I'm so concerned about the reconstruction for the second time, and yeah. he just seems like he's no, going to get money. But to be a closer, that's so depressing. Well, no? I mean, hold on a second. Uh, Wait a minute. No, he comes in and, like, yeah. rolls down the three guys in the night throwing like, 100? Like, I guess so. Right. By the way, you and I, with our children, right. <laughs> watched Otani close the World Baseball Classic. That was fun. Yeah. How great was that? Sounded that was good. fun. Okay, and you, not me. And that was you, a, wasn't he against Trout? You have yes, yes. Yeah. You have seen the seen insanity great, great of the rally closers. monkey, yeah. right? Jump around and Percival. But that would mean that like, he's there in Anaheim, and I can't well, get anywhere. the impression. Well, just anywhere is what I'm right. saying. What I'm saying, just anywhere. It doesn't matter where it is. Right. Otani wouldn't come out of the bullpen. He might come out of the dugout because he's DHing. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I, I imagine he's never going to play the field again, you know, but he'd come out of the dugout. Or he'd, he'd probably just go from the dugout during, like, the eighth inning with yeah. your team having a lead, walking out to the bullpen. Oh, yeah. And people crazy. would go nuts. Warm up a little bit. Nuts. Get a car. We're talking about trumpets. Bring back the car. Yeah. And, and, you know, enter Sandman. Bring back the car. Bring the bullpen. You'd have to for him. You yeah. Don't want, yeah. Bring back the car for him. He oh, would deserve it. Otani oh, closing would be something be else. afford it. Rigetti <laughs> went from starter to closer. Mm-hmm. Smoltz went from starter to closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's happened. Eckersley. Smoltz is, you know, has had... TJ surgery too. Just bring, bring in, in Tim Wakefield. Let's teach him how to throw a knuckle yes. so he stays nice. healthy. How about yeah, that? How, how much more unfair? Call your boy. Call your boy Nevin. Call your boy Nevin. Call eight four four two zero four rich number oh. to dial. We'll take your phone calls and so much more. That's a great chat. <laughs> Battle Creek, Michigan, nineteen sixty three. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. 
streaming right now on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We had uh, Jerry uh, on the show just a couple of weeks ago, Larry, and I asked him, how come Steinbrenner himself never appeared on Seinfeld? And he said, Steinbrenner shot a scene, but it was so bad you cut it. Is that a true story? True story, yeah. What was so bad about it? He flew out on his private jet to do the show mm-hmm. and flew back that day. And okay, he did it. And uh, then I, I go into editing and I'm watching the show. And oh my God, he was so awful. <laughs> he was so bad. It was, you couldn't use it. It was much better from behind with my voice, <laughs> you know, than actually seeing the real, the real guy doing it. Right. So that was a scene where he was with Costanza? With, with... He was with Elaine in a restaurant, I think. Okay. And um, I had to call him up and tell him he was cut. <laughs> How did that go? I called Yankee Stadium. I said, it's, uh, I want to talk to Mr. Steinbrenner. It's Larry David. He got on the phone. Yeah. I said, uh, um, Mr. Steinbrenner, it's Larry David calling from the Seinfeld show. Yes, yes, Larry, what is it? I said, um, I said I'm said i sorry to tell you this. He said, come on, you can tell me. I'm a big boy. I can take it. You know? But you slipped right back in that voice. Yeah, like right. I slipped bike. right back in, right. And I said, I'm, you know, I've been cut from the show. And uh, I, I said, it's not your fault but it's just the end of the scene wasn't working and uh that was it how do you take it <clears throat> he was a big boy he took it well <laughs> so he yeah. he told you how he was going to take it and, he and, actually, and, took and it well. actually took it yeah george steinbrenner and elaine i would never have guessed i would have thought that there would have to have been a costanza george moment i, right I there. know there was an elaine scene i don't okay. know there may have been a george scene i'm not right. sure i don't remember All of Larry David's brilliant appearances in the history of our show are sitting on our YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the program, Arthur in Tampa, Florida. Let's take your phone call. What's up, Arthur? Hey, buddy. How we doing? What's going on? Well, my question is, uh, you guys are are living in the dream, if you will, in the West Coast as far as... uh, you know, the Pac-12 becoming the Pac-4, mm. um, the, the AFC West. What do you think is, is the best story that's going to happen this year as far as the, the two of those? Well, I mean, look, and, and the problem with and thank you for the call, Arthur. The problem with the Pac-12, and the reason why they're the Pac-4 right now and maybe down to the Pac-2 is because the, the national interest in what's going on on the West Coast here, it doesn't matter how good Oregon is or Caleb Williams is the first overall pick in the draft next year if he's – so chooses to come out and saying he might not was kind of like, okay. But I mean, there's, there's some Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly and UCLA. I mean, there, there are some stories out here. Um, but folk, are, are they interested in I mean, Dion is part of the PAC 12 for their final season. I don't know the AFC West though. I mean, what's going to go on out here with the Raiders and, the Chargers, I think of more interest to say the least. And the Broncos, the Chiefs, 
So we picked that division yesterday as part of our daily division predictions, taking you all the way up to the opening week of the National Football League season. I I would just go around the horn here. Brockman's not here. He did leave his predictions. And I would tell you, you know, what's your prediction, TJ? And I would ask you, Mike, to stop doing whatever banking you're doing on whatever phone you're (laughs) on. I'm here. I'm paying attention. But I would... I would Ask for NFL Films music, but you want some? I'll give you a little. Uh, I mean, the NFC West. I think we. I think we all predicted it the same. Is that correct? You want to put Brockman up real quick? Let's just whip through it. Chris went. I'm assuming, even though he thinks Kyle Shanahan is fagazi, he still goes Niners. <laughs> yeah. And even though he thinks Gino going to do it again, He's he still went Seahawks <laughs> and Rams Cardinals. You guess what? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, and then, you know, as we're hot changing, all that's changing is the photograph. Same thing for you. Because it's the same thing for me, too. Why didn't you ask me? <laughs> um, I mean, wouldn't you like to know what my prediction? are? What's your are? prediction? Well, that's what this time is for now to I'm ask you. Saying, like, See, no, what? She's, I'm, I know what she's going to say. The, now I'm it's, the woman, now so you can't ask late. me what my prediction is. What's your prediction? <gasps> same thing. <laughs> well, well, Susie, you were dropping Rich's kid off at school. That's yeah. true. No, so, no, it's okay. She's, I mean, I'm, I'm just the housewife. No, over she's here, not. <laughs> what no the football with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask coming yeah, every Tuesday right. on the podcast? Well, that's how we set this up because Network. now we have you live and we can ask you in front of the casino. Every just got a graphic. Tuesday. I'm just saying, just because Uh-oh. I'm the woman sitting here, you oh, can ask me about the gosh. prediction. Oh, my <laughs> Go gosh. Go to break. The woman with the biggest Rolodex of anyone, the most well-known person on the set now all of a sudden i mean i'll talk about predictions <laughs> well tomorrow what which one are we going to do tomorrow also like the, the same south? no we're going to do the afc south tomorrow rich used to get so mad on nfl network when they'd ask all the guys oh, to yeah. Their predictions. oh yeah because oh, yeah. so i was just a traffic cop oh, yes. about my prediction that's why i started doing this show I this know. show existed if they asked exactly. me for the first 12 years of NFL yeah, Network, what do you think, Rich? Yes. Wait, they you never asked really you. We were in this beautiful so studio. Man, and, and yet he just did the did same thing to me. I, I did not do the same <laughs> thing did. to you. Rich did. just did. AFC oh, South tomorrow. Change. Where's my picture, Rich? <laughs> AFC South <laughs> tomorrow. Can't wait. Bringing it. Susie, they yeah, asked me up, if I wanted up, to do it. Up. Rich actually asked me. I'm like, I don't want to do it. All we're, yeah. doing, it, all we're doing is a podcast with you and Amy Trask every Tuesday called What the Football. There it yeah. is. Yeah, there we go. We There's my girl. Song. We got to work on a theme song. Yeah. That's the art. Look at, at that art. You know what? It's funny. This art, both of you were like, do we really have to have both our faces on there? And I said, I'll meet you halfway. Well, Amy said... That we look like spies. Yeah, you're coming. You're, you're lurking. Yeah, you lurk. We're lurking. Lurk. On what the football every lurk. Tuesday. WTF. What the yeah. football? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or what the football? <laughs> there might be some ice cream. Yes. Oh just, yeah, what happened to the Sundays? I'm, 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 I'm going to do your show just for that reason. One more yeah. scoop. Oh, yeah, that's called what she's the third hour of this show coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 